This is the at u2.com podcast for June 10th, 2020, talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, and community discussions from the staff of at U2. Before we jump into the discussion, I want to let you know that you can find links to items we discuss in this episode at www.goodstuff.fm slash at u2 slash 105. And if you're not already subscribed to the At You 2 podcast, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you currently listen to podcasts. I'm Colin Suter, and joining me are Ian Ryan, Becky Myers, and Amy Fluhop to talk about the song Walk On. Um, before we get to that, though, we're going to talk about a couple of news items um, that have taken place over the last week or so. Bono uh, was gave a, a, a bit of a commencement speech, an online commencement speech to introduce a remix for beautiful day for the graduation class of 2020. Um, I'm not too, I don't have my notes in front of me about what, how this transpired. If any of you have an idea on this, uh, we probably should have talked about that beforehand, but um, uh, if you guys, you guys have listened to, uh, first of all, welcome uh, Ian. Thank you. uh, Becky. Thank you. And Amy. Thank you, Colin. So the Beautiful Day remix for this graduation class, you guys have listened to it or watched it. Uh, it's a bunch of different artists singing a remix of Beautiful Day. It's a much mellower version of Beautiful Day that we're used to hearing. Uh, what you guys? What you guys think of it? Ian? I thought it was a nice, chill cover. Um, it uh, isn't as bombastic as the uh, album version, but um, it was nice to see such a diverse... Um, enthusiastic group of folks doing the cover of a 20 year old song. Um, like they all do it by heart. Mm-hmm. Becky. Yeah. I, um, this is Becky. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I felt like, um, number one, you know, it's, it's such a well-known song and people love it. Just, I think everybody knows this song and it's one of those that have come along with the ages and, it fits the times now, but what I really liked was all the different artists that were part of this. I, um, and that they just put it out there for the graduations, you know, that because it's a whole different time that we're in. And I hope that a lot of young people heard it through some of these artists because, you know, we had, uh, I was at Camilla Cabello and she's a huge Bono fan now. <laughs> Y'all remember that from last year where, uh, they met up and she's just all about, uh, Bono and you so I just like that they have a nice array of artists from different ages and backgrounds. And then I also like that it was quiet. And I think to me that that matches the tone of things that have been happening a little bit. You know, we've all been in, in the uh, COVID times, if you will. And that's been a challenge. And then I think, you know, a lot of the things going on within the, within our world and the black community and how we are all looking at our world in different ways. I felt like it had a really good tone to it and it was positive and conciliatory. That might be the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Amy, what'd you think? Uh, I definitely, I definitely liked it. I liked what Bono had to say first and I kind of loved it that it was sort of like a handoff to Phineas because I know he's a fan. I believe one of his, 60 fan letters was to, to Phineas. So it was kind of cool to kind of like um, pass the song 
I'm kind of down to like a new generation of, of artists um, because let's face it, 20 years ago when the college class of 2020, uh, they were like two when the song came out. So <laughs> it's kind of cool to see that, you know, keep the song kind of in the kind of pop culture landscape. Uh, and I think it probably, for being totally honest, resonated a lot more with the audience, uh, with that group of, of artists than it might have if, if our, you know, beloved guys had played it. So uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a very cool way to introduce it. And um, I'm just so glad that you two was, was part of it. Um, however they possibly could be. So. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I thought about it too, Amy, is that like so many people who would be watching this were toddlers when this came out. Um, yeah. And it's, it's another great way of introducing this band, possibly introducing them uh, to you too. Um, however way you got to do that, uh, it kind of, you know, helps keep their music alive for another generation, which I think is, is pretty great. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, it was, it's an interesting, it's an interesting choice of a song. Um, but, and also, you know, just hearing, I think somebody in our Slack group said it sounded a little like everyone was trying to sing softly so they didn't wake the neighbors or something like that. Um, right. Which it was kind of like it was a little like like a little like hesitating or something. But um, but no, it, it, I I think it's really cool that uh, that they you know got all these artists together to do this song yeah. for this particular time uh, that we're going through yeah. right now. And I I think it underscores you know as everything with Bono their themes you know, for him and the band throughout the decades and a very strong recurring theme has to do with the next generation, mm -hmm. making the world a better place, um, helping the next generation find a voice and have a powerful voice. And he, he never ceases with those messages and trying to empower um, younger people. So I think this probably fits right in, you know, with his thinking mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, definitely. And also, it just when you hear a version like this, when you hear a song that you you've heard it on the radio a hundred times, you've heard it live a hundred times, or what you know we have anyway, um, you know it's just it's it's one of those radio staples on many different mainstream radio stations. And then when you hear a version like this, when it's slowed down, when it's quiet, and you can really hear the words, it forces you to listen to the words in a way that you haven't listened to them before. Um, and I think the the every everybody who who brought something to this uh, did a really good job of just bringing those lyrics uh, out into the open in a way we haven't heard them before, which I think is pretty it, cool. It kind of mm, took the tone of the bridge of the original song and applied it to the entire song. Yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of like the uh, quiet synth backed um, quality of the bridge. Uh, yeah. Just and like, especially with the version that they were playing uh, on the Joshua tree tour. Um, yeah. It, it kind of took that peacefulness, that kind of like deep breath, that like moment of pause and applied it to the whole song, which was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other bit of news uh, for, you know, people who have a U2.com subscription anyway, is that the, uh, the DVDs are being shipped out now. Uh, for the fan club, the uh, Experience and in Innocence Berlin tour video that's been streaming the last couple months 
will now be available in physical form uh, for YouTube.com subscribers. Um, there's, of course, delays in shipping because of COVID-19, obviously. So uh, I, my, my, mine's supposed to show up Monday, so I'll be very happy on Monday. Yeah, I got my email yesterday, so I'm pretty excited to see that come in. Yeah, just a, just I'm just like, oh, it's a it's a DVD and a and a tour book. Ooh, what what's the book gonna be? I hope it's not just right. a program again. You know, I hope it's like something really sweet. But I'll be happy well, anyway. Yeah. You know, and they always have Easter eggs somewhere, y'all. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think it'll be that's always fun to look for and just to relive it again. Yeah. You know, that was a great set of tours going through those years. Definitely. It's it's just nice to have something to look forward to rather than something to dread. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. For and even you, if you want to hear some commentary, you can go back to our previous podcast and listen to Colin, me, and Mason Merrick give our own commentary if you really want to get excited about it. So Yeah, uh, bonus feature. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm, right. I, that's I'm I'm still very happy with how that turned out. I'm I'm very just to pat myself on the back, pat pat ourselves on the back. I think we did good. Oh, you, you and Mason <laughs> uh, are. I love the new voices, the younger voices. Should we say? <laughs> right. Not that I'm that old, but you know, feels old sometimes. <laughs> no, you got to mix it's it up. Fun. I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. So, um, okay, so we're going to jump into the discussion of uh, Walk On. So uh, Ian uh, wrote an article uh, that appeared on at U2 today about this song and uh, obviously how much, what it, what it, what it means to you, Ian, and, um, Mm -hmm. and the putting the song in historical context. And we're going to talk a little bit of all, all about that, um, what the song means to all of us and, and all the implications of the song, but also about kind of taking it back and reclaiming it or, you know, uh, this is a song uh, Aung San Suu Kyi stole from you two. We're stealing it back. Um, I don't know if that's the way to say it, but <laughs> but uh, but anyway, like that's it. kind of the gist of this discussion. This is uh, Ian's idea. So, Ian, tell us a little bit about uh, the you know what really what brought this on for you. So, I mean, this has been a song that's been super important to me for. 20 years now, which is like terrifying to say, um, because of, I still remember like being in the college computer lab and downloading the tracks as they were leaked, uh, um, and like with crystal clarity. And it's terrifying that that was 20 years ago. Uh, um, initially I just thought it was a beautiful song. I remember, um, just being overwhelmed when I fir- heard it the first few times. It's just so joyous and, um, so, motivational um especially coming after uh the night the 90s i love 90s u2 it's zuropa is probably my favorite u2 album but at the same time it was just nice to have this kind of new direction for u2 after pop um just this 
positive, inspirational. And I mean, it, it was poppy. It was definitely poppy music, but I mean, it was still just so well done. Um, and then at the time it was coming out, it was the time as that I was coming out of the closet. Um, and it was an inspirational song. Uh, just the lines, um, what you've got, they can't steal it. No, they can't even feel it. And what you've got, they can't deny it. Can't sell it or buy it. Um, it just, I was, I was building my identity at the time as an adult. And those lines uh, just were so reassuring and gratifying. And then um, uh, just a year later was when uh, 9-11 hit and I was in college and I remember Walk On had been like a modest hit until then, but it became one of the true MTV anthems after the 9-11 attacks. And they released a new video of it that kind of celebrated uh, uh, the first responders and mourned the people who suffered in 9-11. And it, 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 was, it was gratifying to see this song that had be, been a point of strength for me personally suddenly become a point of strength for the entire nation. It seemed like the U.S. really adopted the song. Uh, and it's just always been on one of my top U2 songs lists um and then watching how the song uh i don't want to say was corrupted but just how um the inspiration for the song um went astray from what i feel the song's original intention was um on song suji uh was a well i shouldn't say was is a uh, leader of burma or myanmar as it's currently called and uh, she spent, uh, she was daughter of the first leader of the Free Burma, but she went into exile um, after uh, the military took over the country and renamed it Myanmar. Uh, but rather than stay in exile, she could have had a very nice professorship uh, at Oxford in England where she graduated from, but instead she chose to return to Myanmar and uh, stayed in house arrest for about 15 years uh, just as a symbol of protest until the military relented, which they did in uh, 2010. So I mean, she was there from uh, about 1990 to 2010, just hunkered down in house arrest. Um, 2015, uh, her party won the elections in a landslide and she couldn't be elected president because she had um, immediate family members who were from other countries. So uh, she was a appointed state uh, counselor and it was just a remarkable about face after more than a decade of protest and just staying strong. But then in 19, uh, 2017, excuse me, when the military of Myanmar started persecuting the uh, Muslim Rohingya population of the country, driving them out, murdering them, persecuting them. I think some of the stories I've read have just been absolutely vile about how they were treated. Aung San Suu Kyi didn't say a word to protect them. She didn't make a single movement to protect them. She defended um, the government of the country, and uh, it it just felt like all the praise she had been given um, was for not just because she so utterly failed when there was this entire 
population that was being persecuted by the government just because of their religion. Um, and it, it, it kind of felt like walk on fell out of grace a bit then. Um, like it was so closely associated with her, uh, for the U2 360 tour, uh, people were actually wearing masks of her face on stage as the song was played as a form of tribute. And to see her go from being, um, so venerated and so praised to just dropping the ball completely on the Rohingya situation. Uh, it, it was, uh, extraordinarily frustrating. Um, and, but then flash forward to today, uh, I've been, uh, doing protest marches in the city where I live and the song that's just been with me has been walk on. I've been listening to all that you can't leave behind, every day now. Uh, and it gives me the same kind of peace and like, uh, motivation that it did after nine 11. Um, it's been kind of a rediscovery 20 years later of just these beautiful inspirational songs and walk on is the most important of them. Yeah. Uh, Becky, what, what, what is a, uh, we're going to touch on all of that um, as, as the show goes on. Um, yeah. Thank you for that summation, but uh, let, let's just go around the room a little, little bit and just talk about what the song means to us personally. Uh, Becky, why don't you go first? Yeah. So I'm thinking, um, you know, remembering back to when the album came out and hearing it for the first time, of course, I am always thrilled when an album comes out. And back in the day, we used to run and get the albums and then CDs. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. now we download them. But I remember getting the the CD and just playing it in my car over and over again, <laughs> and hearing this song and the flow of the song. And it struck me as a beautiful song at the time. Um, and I was lucky enough. You know, we'll get into the live versions a little bit later to hear one of the, the early playings of the song in concert. Um, but really, to me, I think, like Ian said, it absolutely took on a life of its own after 9-11. I do recall, though, reading the liner notes and reading about Unsung Sushi and thinking, wow, you know, uh, I had some vague recollection, like I'd read about her in the news and kind of like I knew who she was, but really going back and looking at her from a, a different lens because you two had, was inspired, you know, by her to write the song and, you know, what she gave up. So I remember feeling very strongly about it at that time. And then for a long time, well, it wasn't a long time because nine eleven hit, you know, pretty soon after the album came out. And, um, but then it worked its way back to being meaningful about her, um, but for me, really, you know, the most intense meaning ha- did come after 9-11 because that uh, struck at the soul of our country. And you too, you know, um, you guys might recall at the, I don't recall if it was the end of the Elevation Tour. I think it was the last of their, their stand in New York and they played it, uh, I think it was November of 2001. And they brought the the firefighters up on stage. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, wow, yeah. Bono said and everyone was crying. That, that was something. That was something. And I think, um, just you know, they this band 
uh, has a way to help heal. Their music helps us heal. Their their words, their very presence, in my mind, is healing. Um, even I mean, they'll come out swinging, you know, with inj- when injustice happens, and I, I like that about them too. Um, but I think with this particular song, remembering it in that time, uh, you know, just how it helped. It gave us a, it gave us something to all hear and feel, and it gave us a reason to cry and to hug and to, you know, there. I think it, it was something um, tangible, if you will. I, I guess the song can be tangible, right? Or it's tangible in the form of a concert or however you see it or hear it. And I feel like this served as a way for our country to feel and to express around one thing. And then it gave us some courage, but it also gave us permission to grieve. Um, So, yeah, to me, that was probably one of the the most intense things about it. Yeah. Uh, Amy, what about you? Uh, So for me, um, I was pretty new to YouTube fandom in 2001. Everybody knows their stuff from the Joshua Tree and and one, even if you don't know it, you know it is what I always say. Um, But I was sort of, I was a junior. I was like, uh, Ian, I was in college. I was a junior in college. And they added the third leg and uh, it was going to come through Kansas City. It didn't come near where I lived before that. And and I were looking for, little bit of adventure definitely a lot of distraction um so we drove up and saw it and saw the the show in kansas city and like i said i knew them but i didn't know that much about the new album so of course i listened to it and and, um kind of preparation and excitement of it and then that night like becky said it was just um would that be my first show that was my immediate this is my band this is this is my band this is the folks that i've been kind of looking for. And um, they closed that show like they did, to my knowledge, all the shows on that leg uh, with Walk On. And you know, there were so much of those those shows on that leg of Elevation where they, they ran the names of the victims and they they played, you know, New York and, and other songs. And it it just kind of gave you a chance to of relief and comfort. And then to end the show with Walk On, it was kind of um, like a call to action. Uh, and it was an anthem of resilience and not an anthem of, of sadness. It was an anthem of you can do this, you can get through it, we all can get through this together. Uh, and just, and I feel like I've heard that song so many times since then, even when they haven't played it, I still hear it in my own life. Like whenever I need a, a boost or whenever I feel like the world needs a boost, I play it. And it's always been one of my favorites. And I never, I didn't know until later uh, the, the dedication of the song, kind of the inspiration for it. I found out about it after after I'd heard it first in the context of 9-11. And uh, I, you know, got on board. And as, you know, part of my uh, introduction to YouTube fandom, I was like, well, all the fans are into this. I read about her. I learned about her. I, you know, championed her release. Uh, I made my own mask, printed it out, wore it in the stands at the show in Denver in 2011. <laughs> And I was like, this is what you two fans do. And you know, we're all in this and we're going to get her released uh, because of all the stuff that they had talked about. And then it was just um, disappointing the way it all, disappointing and heartbreaking and uh, disgusting, if I'm be totally honest, about kind of what has happened since then. Um, and to be honest with you, 
I was just, I've been really mad for the last several years that this song was kind of taken from us. But if you even, I always felt that like if you brought it up again, it was like a taboo subject in YouTube circles. So I'm so grateful to Ian for saying something I've been thinking for a while now. Uh, and that this is our song. This is the band song. They need to take it back. We need to take it back because it's just because of one person's actions. Um, they, the band has stood up and spoken out against it. So many people have spoken out against it. And I, I can imagine this song in so many different uh, instances over the last 20 years about walking on, whether it's war, whether it's, uh, you know, disease or just personal struggle or just, you know, the day to day, it's, it's an anthem of hope and an anthem of resiliency and, um, and a call to, a call to action to work together and to get out there and uh, overcome whatever's in your way and, and make the change that you need to make and to, to make it through whatever you need to make it through. So yeah, as soon as we talked about doing this, <laughs> I was so excited. And um, I hope that we are able to uh, encourage other YouTube fans to take this song back. And uh, maybe we'll get to see it at a show again sometime soon, too. That's my ultimate hope. So, Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot of fans would love to have that song back. Especially, I mean, uh, for me, um, Ian, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I think you and I are are very much alike in our in our tastes for of you two's music. I'm a Zuropa guy uh, all the way as well. Um, but I remember when all that you can't leave behind came out. It felt like the the album that the band deserved to make. You know, an easy one, uh, one that will will bring them back into the populace and, 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 you know, give them some hits and have a tour that is, you know, stress-free uh, or as, as relatively speaking as tours can be anyway, uh, after all, everything they went through with pop Mart. Um, and it just, and that comes through in the album. It just said it, it's, I love pop and I love pop Mart, but there's very little in the way of joy in those, in those, in that album and tour. And this album like is all like a lot of joy in it. Um, even when they're thinking, singing about dark stuff, um, yeah. pop, pop and pop were, were felt more like ambition. Yeah. And all that you can't leave behind, as you say, it felt like joy, even though like most of the album is about people dying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it still felt, jo- it still yeah. felt like a joyous album. Yeah. yeah. And then, and walk on. I just remember thinking that was, a you know, I, I, I didn't really read up too much on, uh, and, on Sung Suchi um, until until later. I think they put something about her in the tour program. I might have read that at mm-hmm. the time, but I really yeah. didn't get the context of the song and everything that you know she was about uh, in in the two thousands until until later, maybe around three sixty when they when they started doing the masks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I better do my homework and figure out what's what 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 is this about again? You know, just to refresh my memory. Um, and I just remember, yeah, nine eleven post nine eleven. Um, the power of that song, especially uh, you know. In the show, of course. I mean, it closed every show, and you left the 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 arena just on a high and in tears. I mean, even without the nine eleven context, you felt that way. But even with nine eleven, it's like, oh man, you're talking about the most emotional concerts you've ever been to. Um, elevation post nine eleven, forget it. I mean, if you're not crying at some point during that show, you're dead. But I also remember the 
the the sort of uh, television charity events that they had. Um, I think it was like nine eleven heroes of America or something. Something about heroes. Heroes was in the title somewhere, um, and it was. A, a, a telethon where all these celebrities were answering the phones for donations. You'd call this number and maybe you're talking to Jack Nicholson or maybe you're talking to Meryl Streep, but you don't know, but you're making a donation. I was talking to George Clooney, but anyway, continue. <laughs> um, I was watching that. I knew it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and in between, you know, it was, uh, you know, to raise money for, I think the Red Cross maybe, um, and in between, you get all these musical performances by all these top tier artists, and they were all singing very appropriately somber songs in empty rooms, a lot like what we're seeing right now, um, you know, on Zoom and, and YouTube and all that. Um, and U2 was the one band or artist that did an uplifting song and put the whole weight of that you know, uplift into the song instead of doing a somber version of walk on, they did the full band version. And it was really weird just when they were done hearing no applause, you know, that, that was like, uh, I just remember that part just being like really hard to get used to. Um, and so since then, yeah, and I was surprised they didn't really do the song during the uh, vertigo tour. It seemed like there could have been some room for it. Um, and but then when they when they did the mask thing on uh, the 360 tour, I watched this last night, the Rose Bowl one, uh, the uh, uh, Blu-ray, and um, I just I I'm so mad because I think that part of the show is sublime. I, I just think that's one of the coolest things I've ever done for a U2 concert was bringing all the people out during at that point in the song. Every time I saw it live, I got chills. Every time I watched a video, I got chills. And I watched it last night, and I'm like, damn it. I can't enjoy this now. Like, I can't. I mean, there's worse things to say about this. I know. But, like, just as a fan, as somebody who, like, appreciates this song and what they've done with it live and, you know, the way it's been used for, you know, Uplift and and, and 9-11 and all that, it's just, like, there's so many positive things associated with this song. And then now it's like got this this stain on it, um, and uh, and yeah, I mean I've used it in videos that I've made. Like I I made a video of the Women's March uh, back in you know 2017 and in January when that whole thing happened around the world, and I put the song "Walk On" to it because it was very appropriate. It was just it fit perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I I I like you guys said like this is a song that you can you can you can put footage of any hardship that any country is going through uh and and it fits i mean it 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 it's a message of hope and it's it drives me nuts that that uh that the song has this uh stigma attached to it now um so uh i guess we can go on to um i, I well i mentioned let, let's kind of go through like a little bit of the history of that um because we, the U2's relationship with her, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know if they've appeared on video with her before. I know like in the, the music video for this song, we could talk a little right. bit about this. They, they had some footage of her at the end of the, of the video, right? Ian, isn't there, and there, but there's like three different versions of this video, right? Um, or just not one. that I'm aware of. Okay. So there was a version that, uh, was released to North America, which had like, um, all the people kind of run away, running away from home. 
Um, and then they would change person from scene to scene to scene, uh, just kind of morphing without the morphing special effects. Mm-hmm. And then there was the uh, rest of the world version, which had them in Brazil, I believe, uh, just driving around and like signing autographs. And then yeah. there was the third version that happened after 9-11. I don't know that there were any versions with Ang Sang Suu Kyi, but I may be mistaken. The one yeah. that I saw... Yeah. Oh, sorry, I, go ahead. Yeah, there was some at the end. The, it, it's like kind of the one in Brazil. They do play a tiny bit of her, and Bono's wearing a t-shirt with her face on it during it. Oh, okay. That's only because okay. I just watched it, so... Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, that's funny, because, you know, the videos to me are uh, vague, <laughs> should we say, <laughs> but, um, you know... Colin, you just talked about the tour program, and so I just pulled mine out to review it again. You are correct, because we all know that since the beginning of time, you two have supported Amnesty International, and that's how they came to support her and to funnel people through her and then they had, and then or through them and then uh, they created the there's the Burma project they didn't create it, they supported it. And um, it's separate from Amnesty. So that was at the time that they were supporting her and, you know, advocating to get her out from uh, house arrest. And then the other thing was going on is that there was trafficking of women and children, torture, forced labor, arbitrary arrest, closing universities, drug trafficking, having the world's largest children's army. And so there was not a democracy at the time. And that's when she received the Nobel prize. I think that was uh 2000. No, what year was that? It might've been 2001. That's terrible. I don't remember anyway, but the other thing is, and maybe we can close it out after this, but I remember there being a lot of pressure on you too to say, well, you need to denounce her. You need to do something. And like people were just railing all over them when uh, it became clear what was happening with the Rohingya. And so she, you know, when she, well, it appears she wasn't doing anything. You know, I encourage people to go back and read the letter. Um, it is on their website where they published it. And the way that they wrote this letter actually, um, addresses her very clearly and her lack of behavior there. But it also says, look, you know, the, the military leader cannot be left out of this discussion um, because she had no control constitutional or otherwise over his actions. Um, and he's authorized and overseen this. Um, but they, you know, it doesn't, they don't give her a pass by any means, but they also say he's part of the story. And then they also say they thank all of us who took action on behalf of her and Myanmar in particular, and uh, that they campaigned for her release in good faith. And then they say, look, if you still want to campaign for peace and democracy in Myanmar, they send you to amnesty. So I feel like the way the band handled it was a appropriate and um, not inflammatory. I mean, I actually felt after the fact when I saw that letter uh, that they did it right. And that was November of 2017. I think we already mentioned that. But I think 
you know, this is a good time to take it back. It, it's been a long time. We're going on nine years, almost 10 years. Well, nine years this year. So yeah. um, that's why I wrote the Like a Song, just because uh, when I've been out walking the streets just for miles and miles and miles with people who are like um, so infuriated, but so inspired, uh, the song that was just running through my head the whole time was Walk On. And uh, if there's no better, I mean, if, if right now is not the best time to take it, the song back, that when is, um, it's absolutely appropriate to the moment right now. Uh, the U.S., fingers crossed, is at an inflection point uh, where it's going to hopefully seriously reconsider how it treats its black people. And uh, the song is so completely applicable to the moment. Um, I know it's from four white guys from Ireland, which is about the whitest of the white countries, but uh, it still just seems so applicable right now. Yeah. No, I agree. And I have kind of an odd lyric that I always pull out. Um, first of all, this is my favorite album. Uh, it may be because it's my first real introduction, but it will always be my favorite album. I listen to it every day for months after 9-11 and particularly after that show uh, in November of 2001. But um, when they say at the beginning, the only baggage you can bring is all that you can't leave behind. And for me, the mental picture that always comes up is like, not physical items it's like memories and feelings and love and anger and all of that stuff and so uh i even um would sign like graduation cards like you know or give people boxes and i would write on the outside like all that you can't leave behind um because it is the album title and i i can't separate walk on from from the album title and from the album and just from all of the feelings that that sort of brings up in my brain and in my heart whenever i hear um, all that you can't leave behind. Cause what is that? You know, that's, that's everything that you will carry with you your entire life, no matter where you go. And I think it's certainly applicable to these times. And uh, yeah, I want it back. I want the song back and I want to hear it again. And I want to hear it in a stadium of people screaming, even if we all have masks on while we're doing it, I want to <laughs> sing this song in a room full of people again. Um, and I'm so, like I said, I'm so grateful to Ian for saying something that I've been afraid to say for probably years now, <laughs> um, ever since it kind of went away. So uh, I, I want to yeah. ask you guys, I, I want to ask you guys, um, you know, one, one great thing about this song is that the lyrics are not directly referencing her. Um, unlike right. say pride in the name of love, you know, they're direct references to Martin Luther King in that song, but this one is open to anything. So, uh, how could, like, how do you see you two re, um, you know, reshaping this song or repurposing it? Like what would be a satisfying way for you to, to do that? I mean, we can re we can as ascribe our own, uh, meaning to the song and what we think it means and reclaim it for ourselves. But you too has to do that too. If the, you know, if they want to keep this song um, in their shows and, and, and keep it alive uh, and not distance themselves from it, what, what, what would be like the best way do you guys think for you to, to do that? Well, why couldn't they repurpose it for black lives matter? Um, uh, there are, we've got more footage of protests and uh, unfortunately police brutality and uh, st 
stuff like that uh, than we've ever had before, just because everyone has a camera on them these days. So, you, so are you saying like so, so are you saying like just a, a video, like a new commission, a new video, or, or well, commission a new single so, version, or? So I'm thinking like, I mean, honestly, my mind goes to the 360 tour mm-hmm. uh, with the 360 degree uh, screen. And why would it not be appropriate to show um, videos of protest on there as they're performing the song? Uh, it mm-hmm. seems absolutely appropriate to uh, what the song's message is and what the current state of the world is. Absolutely. I think, you know, they have a history of doing that. Think about... Um, uh, the E&I tour where we had, you know, the race riots happening. They were starting to happen um, up in North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina. And yes, they showed that video. Yes. Thank you. They showed the video and it was to, was it bullet? Well, I'm sorry. What song was it? This is terrible. They have a history of this and they've gotten more and more, vocal about it but also you know i think it was in 2015 it was i i and the innocence and experience i believe you know where he talked about you know the other side of the barricade and i know he was contrasting his er, his young life with his life now or then you know but they also used you know um this is terrible my this is what happens my there's so many songs my brain forgets you know <laughs> just clarifying uh, when you say he, you mean Bono? Bono, yes, yes. Sorry, but also where they talk about, you know, he's using the mic, he's using the megaphone. You know, he's speaking out like at a rally, and I think possibly I like your idea, Ian. But one of the things that I'm learning in, in, I mean, we're four white people on this podcast. Let's get real, and it's on us. This is our problem. You know, it's a lot a, of my black friends are saying this is not a black problem; it's a white problem. And yep, if we figure yep, that yep. out, guess what? We can be part of healing and making our country stronger in our communities. And one of my friends told me, she said, "Look," um, she said, uh, uh, "She said, look, you have to. First off, we have to." not be afraid to talk. We have to not be, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to hurt and all of these things. But uh, I think, you know, we have to not keep putting ourselves in their shoes because we can never do that. So that was something I thought was interesting. And I think what we have to do, what I've seen happening in the last few weeks are people who we might call influencers or celebrities or people who have a wide following like Brene Brown or, Um, Some other people I've seen, Brene Brown, you know, there's this whole movement for women. I don't haven't seen it on male platforms yet, but it's called share the mic. That's the hashtag share the mic, M-I-C. And these women are opening up their platforms and bringing on black women to talk about things. They might be authors. They might be influencers. They might be, uh, you know, other women who are influential uh, in their communities, black women. And I love that, you know? Um, so what if the band were to share the mic and open this song up to the black community and say, look, here's our song or to BLM or to whoever, they don't repurpose it, but they let them do it in the way that matters to them or they collaborate. You know, I, that to me, could be useful, you know, and it's kind of what he did a little bit with this graduation thing. Exactly. Not quite. Um, but it is, it's the same idea. You know, he let them interpret the way they were going to, somebody made an art, an artistic, 
you know, decision on the direction because everybody was at home. You couldn't have a full band necessarily playing it. Um, but I think, you know, give it to them. Give it to the black community. That's, you know, I think in my mind, ask them the question, what would you like to do with this? And they collaborate, you know, or maybe somebody says, you know, we're just going to, we're going to use it and go do our own thing with it, whatever that looks like. That might be a possibility. Yeah. Uh, watching the Beautiful Day video, um, seeing the number of people of color that they had participating in the song. Yes. Um, and I don't know. Um, it may be completely selfish. It may be uh, whatever, but it was just so heartening to see them so involved in the video and so participatory in a v- song that I love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with you. Amy, did you uh, have any ideas? Yeah, on I, it? I mean, I definitely think that this time right now, we're kind of at um, the intersection of so many things that they could use because right now you've got um, pride month going on. That's still something that people are celebrating. Yeah. Um, across everywhere. So you've got, you know, kind of virtual pride uh, with the LGBTQIA plus uh, um, demographic, the folks out there that are celebrating pride, and I am a proud ally with that. So you've got that going on. You've got Black Lives Matter. You've got U2's historic uh, support of women's rights with the One Campaign. And to me, it wouldn't be a stretch at all to just uh, kind of wrap all those things up and say, we support everybody we support black lives matter i mean all these things that they've traditionally had a huge voice in and just say and this year it's an election year walk on walk together for everybody's rights walk on to get to know people you don't know that don't look like you walk on to the polls uh walk on at protests i think there's so many so many things and i think the sharing the mic is a really cool idea i never thought about that because i did see that a lot on social media and I think that's a really awesome idea, but I, I do, I think that this is not out of character for them. And I think for them to stand up um, would almost be unusual if they didn't stand up. And I think that to take back, and even if they said at the beginning, you know, the song is originally about, you know, the fight for democracy and the, demi- the fight for everyone's rights. And it's still about that and kind of just maybe leave it at that. And because mm-hmm. they have spoken out, they have addressed it and, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but just kind of like kind of doing like a little at the beginning kind of saying this is what it's really about democracy, human rights and those who fight for it. And it's about everyone who fights for it and uh, kind of let's all get together and let's all walk on together to fight for everybody. Because talk about I mean, talk about doing everything that the YouTube. Do you remember when they um, when they did the they had people submit uh, women singing women of the world? take over Mm -hmm. on the last tour. I also did that. If they they asked me to do it, I will do it Um, (laughs) because I believe in it, but also because it's a chance to participate in YouTube fandom kind of collectively. Uh, So I did that as well. And I I could totally see them just taking on just the rights of of everyone to participate. And I, like I said, I think, you know, June, 2020 in particular is is a great time um, for all different folks across all different walks of life, black lives matter and pride and, um, just everybody who's out there trying to trying to help each other, and for those of us who are trying to be allies and trying to understand, um, it's a call to action for all of us. And I think to walk on. Yeah. And what Colin said earlier, at the end of those shows in September, or excuse me, in like October, November of 
2001, you're sad, you're, you're hurt, but you're happy. That's what the song makes you. It makes you happy and empowered. And it's weird. Like you guys are talking about on the, the telecast of 9-11, it was an uplifting song. So this is mm-hmm. an uplifting song. And I think it's, right. there's no greater time than right now to bring it out again. Yeah. I think the timing well, is. Yeah. I think okay. it addresses, you know, the grief and the pain and this, the separation, the isolation, you know, all these things that people feel. And um, it, it gives you a place to be hopeful. I think you're absolutely right. And, and I think if you look at the lyrics and you hear them, these are spot on for these times. It's like, whoa, you know, I mean, think about it. If, if you just, oh, the lyrics, every word of this song, yeah. um, you know, yeah, to me, fits. It, 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 it's remarkable to me how, closely applicable it is to uh, the current situation as it was to 9-11. Um, and it's, this feels like the next big crisis uh, that the U.S. has to um, work through. And it's the lyrics still feel just as applicable. And part of it is also um, the song has been so, like, adaptable and mutable. I mean, they've released, like, uh, the album version, two different radio versions, a single version, the Hallelujah version, the acoustic version, and the 9-11 version, and they've got like three or four different versions of the music video. It's a really adaptable song. It's not wedded to any specific point in time or anything like that. Um, it could absolutely be adapted to um, having guests on stage to sing parts of it or add to it stuff like that it's such a super flexible beautiful song that um uh yeah i the idea of like having other folks on stage with them uh to contribute to the song just it's it's a very cool idea it could be interesting too i would love to see them maybe uh come out for some kind of events or rallies i don't know what the event would be necessarily uh, you know, as we continue to draw attention to these issues, and I don't think we're going to let them go anytime soon in the U.S. I think a lot of people are woke now, and we've had enough, right? And I think that you too, you know, maybe there's some sort of event they participate, and like you're saying, people come up and sing it with them, or maybe other people sing, and 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 the band is behind them. You know, I don't know what that looks like, but I think there's a lot of options and that could work with this song. Um, I would love to see them come back out and uh, do something like that, you know, when it's safe to do so. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, was just... I love that idea, Becky. Yeah. I, I love that. Like, or maybe like covers of walk on. I remember after the, the terrorist attack in Paris and in November yeah. of 2014, um, you're going to hate, I don't remember the song, but the song that Eagles of death metal, like, yes. that, like another big song, a lot yeah. of other artists covered it, and then you could go yeah. on different online platforms, and you could buy the different covers, and it would support the relief efforts. So Florence and the Machines version was amazing. Yes, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. I don't remember it was the performance. So good. terrible, but but and, yeah, but you could say yeah, yeah, and we could all raise money or something like that yep. with this song as the co- as the the song that everybody I, covered. Yeah, yes. I mean, I think that calls to action. I think they could bring a lot of attention, you know, with whatever lineup, you know, of people that get involved, but how can you get involved with, you know, I don't want to be too hokey, but, you know, look at what Lady Gaga did, you know, with, was it with 
that whole lineup, you know, recently and to bring money in and awareness. So I think, you know, this could be realistically done. I'm not sure exactly how in virtual times, maybe it is just virtual. Um, and maybe it's just a short thing or that I, I don't know, some sort of collaboration. Um, if, if they were able to do the beautiful day, they can do a walk on. Well, that's yeah. very true. <laughs> the, the power of technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't have any like. I don't. Ha- I, that's right. I, I don't have any. That's right. Um, you know, ideas a lot. Uh, anything. I mean, you guys. Th- those are all amazing uh, suggestions and ideas, and and you know, I, I don't have much more to add to that. Other than I know that that. You know, we all know that U2 has always been really good at repurposing their songs. I mean, look at how many ways they've taken Bullet the Blue Sky and breathed new life into it. Uh, on every tour, it means something different. Uh, same with Sunday Bloody Sunday. You know, Edge did that beautiful solo version on the Pop Mart tour in, in the sec- later half of the Pop Mart tour. They could easily do that with Walk On. Um, I mean, in, 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 in the context of a U2 show... Um, whenever that may be again, uh, you know, I, I, I don't hold out hope for an Octung baby tour next year. Um, just Ooh. based on what we're going through right now, I'd love it. I hope I'm wrong, but I just, I don't know. But, um, yeah. but whenever that happens again, um, I think they would definitely find a, a grand gesture for the song that would really solidify their, way of reclaiming it and re reframing it and repurposing it. Um, I think Becky, you had a, a, a few ideas on along those lines. I, I sort of pictured, um, I mean, also just like recalling like they're, they have ways of referencing their older, older tours. Um, and I, I'm blanking on, on ex, uh, examples right now, but like when they did this song on elevation, they had, um, the lyrics appear on the screen and going up around the arena, all that you can't leave behind, all that you measure, oh, yeah. all that you think. It was like, it oh was, yeah, on the, on the building. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was like covered all, it was so beautiful thing. And I yeah. think they could do that again, that cool. only with different writing of some kind. I don't know what the text would be. Somebody would have a great idea on that. Some, you know, uh, a yeah. poem or something. I don't know. Um, and then, or, you know, going back to 360, um, and maybe this is hokey, maybe this is cheesy and going too far, but like, uh, you know, when they brought everybody out on the circle, if they had a stage like this again, not 360 specifically, but that kind of stage where, you know, there's allows for this sort of thing to happen, uh, instead of people coming out, you know, with masks on, uh, you know, people coming out and, you know, taking a knee and kneeling, um, something like that. Yeah, like something like that. Like, I think they could get away with, you know, they could do something mm-hmm. like that. They um, are one band that can get away with it. <laughs> they can get away with it, right. Um, you know. I think the other thing to point out is, um, on the. I mean, I've seen a lot of shows uh, the last few years. And um, when yeah. the Michael Brown shooting happened, it was hands up, don't shoot. That was kind of the, the new call to yes. action kind of after that. And, and Bono has done that during, like, I think, like maybe during Bullet. Or during other parts of these yep. last couple of tours, so it's not like it's been far yeah. from their mind. Um, if nothing else, it's right. been farther from our minds. If we're being totally honest, I know well, if I'm being honest. Exactly. Um, and so for them to, this would be right on track for them to kind of continue that and yep. to 
and lens. They always know how to insert these things into the moment, you know, um, and adapt them to the moment. They just have an uncanny ability to do that. Some other people, I think it would look uh, inauthentic or insincere, insincere. Um, They have a way of making it look authentic, I think. Totally agree. It didn't look out of place at all every time it happened, and I probably saw it Mm-mm. two dozen times. Mm-mm. The times I saw them. Well, yeah, because it's like their shows are a smorgasbord of you know visual, audio, like everything. <laughs> so that's why you have yeah. to see them more than once if you can. No, and you're right. And when Bono does it, or when you know they do something like that, it doesn't feel staged. It doesn't feel forced. Yeah. It feels absolutely, completely authentic. Yeah. And I have forgotten about the hands up, don't shoot. I think that's spot on. I mean, that's obviously is even more important now. I mean, it never wasn't important. So yeah, I think we're we're um, we're going to wrap up here. I think you guys have all amazing suggestions. That there's definitely ways the song could be repurposed and reframed, and and just uh, you know, be given be given a new life. I don't know if that would happen anytime soon. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm just thinking, just realistically. I, you know, they just did the beautiful day thing. Um, I think, I think, I feel like yeah, right now at this point, you two would prefer to use a tour, uh, and you know, to repurpose the song instead of doing another like charity single, um, which oh, yeah. they, which it, they just yeah. did for COVID-19. definitely be a live thing, not. Uh, a studio thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what the 20th anniversary of the album is like, what, like six or eight days before election day? This, this is true. I That's right. I personally true. think the timing is crazy, like serendipitous. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, like I said, I think the timing of all of this is just creates the perfect opportunity for them to do what they do best. And that's use their platform to speak out on things that matter and use their music as kind of the conduit for that. So, so yeah. the four of them that's zoom playing together in their own home studios, uh, disaster or amazing? Yeah, maybe disaster, but maybe they'll go back to Ireland and self quarantine for like a month, and then they—I yeah. don't know—like <laughs> just uh, just replay all of all that you can't leave behind, and uh, yeah. I would we can see so how it turns out. Sure. And I think when we I love that, I can't tell you how much I would love that. I mean, honestly, they'd have to do the acoustic version. Let's get real, you know. And Adam's kind of doing his. Studly thing with his bass, even if he's faking it, I don't care. Where is rhythm? There would be there would be six windows. Uh, the four band members, and then Brian Eno and Daniel Lanois, making sure everything sounded <laughs> super tight. You don't hear a lot of a lot of Eno influence on this song, but um, it, it feels it feels more like a a, a, a Lanois production. But, I was, um, yeah, listening to uh, yeah. Um, uh, when I look at the world at the end. With the tell me, tell me, um, what do you see? Tell me, tell me what's wrong with me. Just felt like such a a Lanois moment within Mm. the album. Yeah. Um, But where where can people find, where's the acoustic version available? Because I I don't know that I'm aware of this one. Um, It's, I think it's called Burma Walking. Let me double check here. Okay. Uh, That surprised me when I saw it on the list. I I wasn't aware there was an acoustic version of this song. Do you guys have a favorite uh, version of the song? Is there a live version or a studio version that you guys prefer that is like the best version for you? Um, For me, uh, I really like the uh, uh, Elevation Tour just because 
as they continued to play the song live, um, edges da 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 got shorter and shorter with each version they performed. So for me, um, I like the Elevation Tour version just because he plays it the longest. The most recent one, like from when they did the Slain Castle, that version at Slain Castle. But did they close it right with yeah yeah block yeah. on? It was not too far before nine eleven, so it didn't really take on the you know the extra emotion that it did. But I love that version personally. That's yeah. just a fun version, right? Yeah. Right. And the acoustic version is the Burma soldier version. Um, coincidentally, yeah, I think I like the uh, elevation live version myself to any one of them really i just i love i i totally forgot this i went i watched the end of the boston video last night and um i totally forgot he ended every show with unto the almighty during the song mm-hmm. which i yeah, yeah. just i love that i just i absolutely you know love that. and then they and then i also loved uh you know the coda that he put um at the end of the uh 360 version when he said start singing the uh you'll never walk alone um, and I think that could also be reused again if they do it live with a new newer version. They could also bring back that coda for and repurpose yeah. that as well. Just just a couple uh, closing thoughts I have. Um, the Irving Plaza performance of one that they did, where rather than doing like the D Harris coming Lord D Harris call, uh, Bono just started singing "Walk On, Walk On." What you got? They can't steal it. No, they can't even feel it. Um, yeah. Just at the end of one, it was just so beautiful. I remember hearing that for the first time and just getting absolute chills. And then, uh, yeah, uh, just my personal taste in YouTube music. Um, I know a lot of folks want to hear 40 is the last song YouTube ever plays if they ever play their last song. But for me, um, I could listen to the end of Walk On. Uh, just for as long as they want to play it, I would happily hear the da 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 as long as they'd be willing to play it. Um, it's just, it's this is a song that recognizes that there is sadness and badness in the world, but at the same time, it's still just saying, please stay strong, uh, please keep going, um, please work for a better time, and. If that's going to be if, if if I'm going to be at the last YouTube show I ever go to, um, that's the message I want to come away with. Uh, well, Becky, any I, last thoughts uh, on the song? You know, I like all the versions of it. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have a favorite. I think they're all beautiful. They're all meaningful. Uh, the, you know, some are more intense than others. Some performances. I just, I love the song and, you know, I can't believe they haven't played it on any tour since 2011. <laughs> so I think, you know, we need to, we need to have a conversation with the guys <laughs> about bringing it back, <laughs> you know, back to the top of the show. We're stealing it back. It's, it's their song and it's our song. Uh, and I just want to say it was such a, an honor and a privilege to have this conversation with you guys. Uh, and I would encourage other people out there to have conversations that maybe you didn't think you'd ever get to have, or you'd ever feel comfortable having. And um, this one, not such a, an intense thing, but 
I didn't know that I would ever get a chance to talk with other YouTube fans about Walk On again because I was afraid to bring it up because I was afraid of the, it was kind of like a YouTube fan, just a taboo in general because of, you know, what the song was originally written about. So I am so honored and privileged to have had this conversation with you guys. I hope other YouTube fans get out there, have conversations with other YouTube fans and with other people in general. Um, I think conversation is a big, big thing I'm a fan of right now more than ever. Um, get uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it was an honor. And if you need a little um, get up and go, if you need a little something to encourage you, listen to this song before you go and do that. Because I think it would really inspire you to be ready to go and to be positive um, and be resilient and uplifted um, during this time. So I just appreciate the chance to be able to talk about one of my, one of my favorite songs. And um, it's so great to hear uh, everyone else's take on this and please you know let us know what you guys think and hopefully this will start some mm -hmm. conversations where you're at definitely um you know this just occurred to me i'm going to throw a wrench into this very smooth goodbye that we're having at the end of the show but i'm just i may have just like broached another topic but it, i gotta say it because otherwise i'll kick myself later um becky you mentioned you know that they haven't done this song on tour since 2011 and i was in my head i immediately went to the you know um innocence and experience tours both of them and i was thinking God, where would they plug this song in i mean where would they go because those shows are very specifically you know uh structured and yes. it then occurred to me like for the experience tour it would be where love is bigger than anything in its way is because i think those mm -hmm. i think these two songs complement each other pretty well i think they're I think you could apply a lot of what walk on is about to the uh, oh, love is bigger than anything in its way. I think I wonder if they look at that song as the new walk on for them. I, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to, I just, this, it just occurred to me when I, I would I definitely advocate both rather than one or the other. Yeah. Me too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Colin. I saw that show that I played live a lot of times and it definitely has the same, uplifting feeling to it um especially when they did pictures of like trans youth in ireland mm -hmm. kind of that was like on a european leg oh, of it, so yeah. it has the same the same feel to it the same um like mode of inclusivity to it and yeah i feel like love is bigger and then like love is bigger is the celebration and then walk on is the call to action i could totally yeah. see those going hand in mm -hmm. hand and i really hope they're listening i hope you guys are bored you too mm -hmm. bono adam larry edge hope you're listening we have great ideas we won't take credit for them. If you could put these in, we'll just be silently happy. <laughs> or not so silently yeah. happy, but we won't, we won't ask for credit. It's we won't call you out on it. No. <laughs> it's our no. gift to no. you. Right. Exactly. That's right. Our wonderful <laughs> ideas. Our, yes. our, hopes and, our hopes and dreams, you know. Exactly. Why else are we here? You know, we just, we're just talking, but we're just kind of hoping that they'll hear it and they'll take something from it who knows yeah. <laughs> right. oh man all right well guys thank you so much for for doing this this is a great idea ian uh the article is up on at youtube.com it's really terrific uh you yeah. touched on everything and if, and if if you don't mind i'd just like to close out with my favorite lyrics from the song walk on walk on what you've got they can't steal it no they can't even feel it walk on walk on Stay safe tonight.